maybe hopefully we're not whispering nope i don't think we are i don't think whispering is possible with us looks like what it normally looks like okay if this is fine yeah then this is fine this is what we're doing this is how you podcast yeah we have no clue what we're doing i never have any idea what i'm doing all right but we're here and we're recording the marble forest podcast <laughs> for, for, for how long a long time yeah words words did you know that we've been doing this for a year very poorly yeah <laughs> one year really poorly <laughs> yep Oh, cute. Oh my god, so yeah, cute. Anniversary, sort of. Sort of. The episodes don't match, but we've been doing it for a year. <laughs> yeah, well, go us. Go us. But I'm Jesse. I'm Amber. And this is the Marble Forest Podcast. It is. It really is. Yes. And we talk about stuff. And we're going to tell you some spooky stories today. Um, I mean, I don't know if mine's spooky. It's kind of weird. Okay. But it's still interesting. Okay. What what state are you in today? Kentucky. Okay. I know I realized like we never discussed that as I was picking my story and I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> just fuck it. <laughs> you know, like I feel like if we ever just came in here cuz like we ever just came in here and you're, we were like, "Oh, we have the same story." I'd be like, well, let's like maybe like both try to tell it kind of thing. <laughs> like conversate over it. Yeah, conversate over it more. I don't we'll know. We'll digest the story. Or we'll just give up and start over. Or we'll give both of our notes to Devin and make her podcast it to us. Oh, wow. That's a fun one. That would be a fun one. <laughs> she would hate it. <laughs> All right. Anything new, interesting in your life? My cousin had a baby. That was exciting. Um, I went to a concert with Caitlin. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we went and saw Florence and the Machine. It's really good. Really fun concert. It was really wet. And I took a blanket that is not good for wet grounds. Nope. And <laughs> sat because on it. Because blankets also get wet. And my butt was wet. And Caitlin's like, my butt's not wet. Maybe my part of the ground was not as wet as yours. And I was like, I think it's just that I'm fatter than you. <laughs> Because, like, I tried moving over to her side, and it was, like, still very wet. But whatever. So after the concert actually started, we stood up and, like, yeah, it you stand didn't up. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. You just sort of stand on the wet blanket instead of sitting on it. But it didn't rain while we were there, so that was good. Because it really looked like it was going to. Yeah. that That's pretty much my excitement. I mean, we had I went to my parents today. They had, like, a little party. Yeah, I just went out on the lake today because it was nice. Mm. They opened our pool today. I want to go swimming so bad. (laughs) You're closer to the pool than when we lived together. (laughs) I know. You could see I have literally no excuse not to go to the pool anymore. I know. Also, I just bought a really cute bathing suit that I never thought I would buy. (laughs) And it's like a high-waisted skirt. Yeah. And a bikini top. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, a little, like, skin gap that I'm, like, okay with. And it's, like, really cute. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I pretty much did the same thing. Um, but I've, we've been doing Theo personal training. 
to make him a better doge. I mean, he's the best doge. No. He's the best boy ever. He's really not. He is. He doesn't listen. Can't fight me on this. Okay. Best boy. Sure, whatever you want to believe. I believe it in my heart and soul. Okay. But yeah, that's all I really have been doing besides work and going to school and poorly editing a podcast. That's exciting. And um, poorly writing notes for a podcast. Yeah, the same though. I and poorly functioning as a human in society. I have an impressive um, phone catalog of all my coworkers as the opposite gender thanks to the Snapchat filter. Oh, yeah. I did myself as the baby filter and I was like, I wasn't even this cute as a child. <laughs> I have a good amount. I had my weird female blunt cut, you know, like the like it's like the bowl cut, but like for like smaller children from the 90s, you know, where it's a more like a bob with like Ooh. the bangs. Cute. And, like, since I have, like, semi-curly, wavy hair, it was just always a fucking mess. I look like Alex as a boy. Oh, my God, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I have anything interesting to talk about. Do you want to see Devin as a boy? Me as a boy is really concerning to me. (laughs) Jason as a boy kind of looks like... I'm going to paint you a picture. Or as a girl, sorry, he is a boy. (laughs) Kind of looks like an uppity librarian... Who's like really sick of your shit and she does slam poetry on the weekends. Are yeah, you ready? I'm ready. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he is beautiful. Right? <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. So. Oh my God. I love the Snapchat folder. It's just kind of fun to play with. Yeah. Well, we're exciting. Yeah. And that's not a lot for us. You no. know, we haven't been together nope. in a little while. Yep. Coin. Oh, hi, Alyssa. Alyssa's here. And it's, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that. I think that works, though. I think that works. I guess so. In my defense, it did flip. It did flip. It flipped really well in comparison to sometimes it... And it does, like, one flip. So, we all have heard of the Demon House, right? Nope. Nope. The Demon House of Not Gary, Indiana, because that's owned by Zach Baggins. And we're not talking about Zach Baggins. We're talking about the Demon Street in Hartford City, Indiana. The we're still in Indiana. Apparently, there's two houses. The Demon Street or the Demon House? Well, so this is called the Mon- Monroe House. The Monroe House. Yes, but also known as the Demon House. Monroe House. And where is it? Hartford City, Indiana. And it is hidden in a quiet little area, but it is a large white-sided Victorian-style house at 218 North Monroe Street. Oh. In 1887, natural gas was discovered in the county, and in 1891, Hartford City Glass Company was created. So within the next five years, the town boomed and a bunch of fucking people moved there. Belgian immigrants, the... I'm going to call them the Burgers, um, began their life in Indiana working at the Hartford City Glass Company. Gotcha. So you mean a specific group of Belgian immigrants, not all Belgian immigrants, because I was very confused for a second. was like, is that what they called them? No, no, no. The Burgers? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Nope. This is their last name. Okay. Is it really Burger? It's B-E-R-G-E-R. That's burger to me. It is burger to me, too. So, like, so 
They moved into the Monroe Street house. So John and Mary Berger had five children who worked in the glass company from like childhood on as well. Five children? Five. Um uh, Bacon, Double Junior. <laughs> <laughs> Baconator. And cheese. And cheese. <laughs> no, but their their name is just Ann Cheese. Ann Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. John was very popular in the town. He was an agent for the Indianapolis Brewing a, and a major steam line, sh- like steamship line. He also bought a tavern, invested money in real estate, and was just like a leading citizen of the town. Oh, look, look at you go. Yes. But in 1905, John was diagnosed with tuberculosis. Oh, terrible. I know. So he went to Silver City, New Mexico. He went all the way to New Mexico to treat his tuberculosis. So he went to Silver City, New Mexico for treatment. And upon arrival, his case was declared hopeless. Oh. And he died eight days later. Oh. That's bad. If you get there and they're like, eh, you're hopeless. Yeah, like it is 1905. You make the trip from Indiana all the way to New Mexico. And they're like, sucks to suck. You're going to (laughs) die. Like, that really sucks. Yeah. So, after his death, uh, his family split the home and rented the upstairs to the Myers family. And in that short amount of time after the Myers moved in, the Burgers began to be plagued with a series of unfortunate events the entire family. Was Oscar Meyer part of this family? (laughs) Is this the picnic story? This is the baloney story. Oscar Mayer has our way with (laughs) B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Or hot dogs. He also makes hot dogs. He does make hot dogs. So we could have a picnic. Yep. We could have a really good picnic going on right here. Um, Next you're going to tell me there's someone named Watermelon. No. I'm not going (laughs) to tell you anyone named Watermelon. Was he treated for his TV by Dr. Pepper? Ooh. This is getting real foodie here. I, we love a good food joke. These I are like so. jokes that like a 10 year old would make. <laughs> Welcome to the Marble Forest podcast. Hope you jokes enjoy your 10 year olds would make. Oh, that should be our new slogan. But with swearing. Ooh, that's a good slogan. We're going to yeah. write that down. Okay. <laughs> they began to experience unfortunate events, starting off with their. Their barn had caught fire, setting the homes of their two neighbors on fire as well. Oh, no. Then John Berger's older brother, Marshall, was stranded outside and his feet were ended up being severely frostbitten. Ooh. Then a horse stepped on his foot and he got gangrene and they had to amputate his leg above the knee. <laughs> uh, wait. They had to amputate his... I just thought you meant from uh, his, like, waist to his knee. (laughs) I was like, what's holding on the other half of his leg? That's They just sort of put a plank of wood in there, and then they just stuck the other half of the leg back on. They made his bottom half of his leg his own peg leg. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yes. He did recover from his amputated and gangrene situation. Oh, good job. But died from pneumonia two years later. Oh, that sucks. In 1905, John's son, George. 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 Not Jorts. Not Jorts. <laughs> Could you imagine a kid named Jorts? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I would name a kid Jorts. <laughs> because, like... Who would know what jorts were? <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. But would you be like, like in like in like ten years, who would know 
that jorts are jean shorts <laughs> i mean that's a good question <laughs> the the parents are fine but the, the kids ki- don't know the parents might not say anything yes exactly. they'll just be like did you say his name is jorts and they'll be like yeah jorts and they'll be like okay, like okay sweetie shorts <laughs> like i wonder if i called my sister and asked her like she's she's young and might not know what jorts are i'm gonna text her right now okay. and see if she knows what they are okay so moving on so john's son jorts <laughs> was the victim of a hate crime oh and was shot by anti-belgium assailants as he walked in the street with his friends um the doctors did not expect him to live through it because he was shot just above his heart and in a newspaper newspaper article, he was described as pulseless for a period of time. Pulseless. Yeah. So he he died. Like for, he died for a, for a period of time. Yep. And was revived. Oh, he's a zombie. He's a zombie burger. Jorts the zombie. <laughs> Jorts the zombie burger. Is he a burger? Or is he a Meyer? He's a burger. He is a burger. Yeah. Oh. So we're talking about, we're still talking about the Burger family. Okay. We'll get back to the Myers because like that's a whole other string of crazy and fucked up. I love it. Okay. Keep going. So then adding more to the string of events, the Burger's daughter, Mary, died after complications of diabetes in childbirth along with her newborn son. In Oh, that's unfortunate. Yes. It took me a second to process like every single word that you said. Yes. That sucks. Yes. So then their daughter-in-law, Caroline, was in an unexplainable carriage accident. Unexplainable carriage accident. So she was on the way home from the cemetery that John, the OG burger, (laughs) was buried in. When she hitched a ride from a stranger, and while on that carriage ride with a stranger, the back wheel just fell off the carriage for no reason, throwing her into the street, injuring her really badly. And she died from her injuries? Yes. Um, That literally seems like it's a scene out of like an old like Western movie. Yeah. You know how we feel about Westerns here on the yeah. Marble West podcast. Yes, the Marble West podcast. We love Westerns. You know, we can make a subgenre for our podcast. <laughs> can we, though? Yeah. We're, we'll have the Marble Forest and we'll also have the Marble West. And that's one where we only talk about Western jokes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, um, aren't those the same thing, though? Yes. Um, but, you know, now we've got two. Okay. <laughs> More work. Yeah, I just need that right in my life right now. So, after all of that lovely list of unfortunate events, we're going to move towards the Myers family. Okay. So, the Myers family, if we don't remember from like 10 minutes ago, became the tenants of the upper floor of the Burgers home. Okay. After John died. I remember that. Right off the bat, things started getting a little messed up because in 1907, a telegram reported the following, pretty much airing the dirty laundry of the family. Oh, so here I have a little snippet of it. Mary Myers, who besides a divorce, asked for custody of her three children, $500 alimony and $25 monthly for the support of her children. 
Her allegations are in part are that the defendant has been guilty of cruel, inhumane treatment, that he possesses violent, uncontrollable temper at various times, became enraged without cause. The family is comprised of three children, Earl, Edna, and Ernest, and the parties names named in the complaint have resided in the North Monroe Street and their troubles troubles of the present week have afforded the great opportunity for the town gossips. Wow. So they were just like shaming her a little. Yeah, no, it's not her. It's she's getting a divorce from her husband. I, but it sounds like they're shaming her at first when they're like on top of a divorce. <laughs> she did yeah. this. I guess so. But like they're shaming the whole family. Yeah. Um but first what is what is her husband's name? Her husband is Ulysses. <laughs> like with an E? Uh, U- Ulysses? Ulysses, yeah. So their initials are me as a family, just so you know. Okay. Or Eem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, I got a um, I got a text back from our resident uh, teenager. Yeah. My sister says jorts are ugly jean shorts that are kind of long. <laughs> Shorts can be short shorts, too. Um, They just have to be jeans, and they just have to be cutoffs, okay? (laughs) They used to be a full pair of jeans, and now you have ripped a hole in your thigh because you're fat, so you just made them shorts. And you were just like, you know what? I still want to wear them. Exactly. Hashtag, I have one as well. Hashtag, can't afford to buy real shorts. (laughs) Her doing... She's filing for divorce against her husband, and the allegations are against her husband. Though. Right. Okay. That you know that makes sense. It just seemed like they were shaming her at first for, for filing a- for a divorce and trying to get custody of her kids. Yeah. But so this telegram was like really fucking long, too. Right. And I was just like, oh man, you just broadcasted all of your dirty laundry to the entire neighborhood and city, which sucks. I know. So to not only. The divorce proceedings, but the allegations of domestic violence and child abuse is extremely rare for newspapers at that time to, like, like, news. What's It's rare for newspapers to news at this time. <laughs> what, to write about this news? I don't, in my head, it's not working right now. To have a gossip column in the news? I guess so. Yeah. So. Yeah. They didn't have, have a gossip column. They're more newsy back then. Yeah. I, so I like that it's rare for newspapers to news. Okay. <laughs> so Ulysses Myers was a well-known businessman whose life pretty much fell apart in a matter of weeks from this. That's very unfortunate. So the perp- the the public claim of abuse, then the loss of his position, and but then he ended up reconciling with his wife. Oh, yeah. But on December 4th, 1907, another article appeared. Another gossip. Yeah, another gossip article. Ready? Yep. Ulysses Myers has filed a suit for divorce from his wife, Miss Mary Myers, alleging that she had a cruel disposition and frequently chastised their children with a buggy whip. What the fuck is happening in this family? I have no clue. Right? But apparently by June of 1908, Ulysses was married to a new woman who had got divorced at the same time. 
and moved to Ohio where he died. <laughs> okay. So, but surrounding the house, there's also been like unfortunate events as well. So like in the 1940s, so we're moving past that. So in the 1940s, a wife of a family that lived in the home was killed in a car accident. So very similar to the, bu- uh, the carriage accident. Yes, the carriage okay. accident. But there's also been claims that tenants in the house during the 90s were Satanists. Oh. And that their occult practices intensified the already haunted property. Oh, interesting. Claims have led objects that have been since discovered buried on the property have believed to have been from the 90s. Um, so from like the occulty time. Okay. But in August of 2016... Filming the second season of Paranormal Lockdown, after 72 hours locked inside of the Monroe Street house, they discovered human re- remains buried in the crawl space. Oh, like like old remains? I didn't look that far into it. Like, it sounded like more than one body. Oh. Yeah, just buried in the basement floor. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. So, by the end of their investigation, on top of that, they managed to capture some pretty impressive paranormal evidence as well. So, but, like, with the bodies, like, police are looking into that. Well, yeah, I would hope. (laughs) So, hopefully they'll figure that out. I didn't see anything about them figuring it out, but... But, according to the locals, Monroe Street House has nothing but negativity attached to it, because... Uh, previous owners have been chased out of the building by shadowy figures devoid of human features. There has been unexplainable fire spontaneously manifested in the basement and disembodied voices echo through the hallways. Ew. So in 2014, a team of ghost hunters decided to spend the night investigating. They had come to the intention of crossing over the spirit of a young child that had been reportedly haunted in the building. Their investigation remained routinely, relatively routine, sorry, until they reached the basement. They ended up seeing something they have never seen before, which they didn't really describe it in the article. They right? just saw something they'd never seen before and yeah, left it but at like, that? Yeah, but also, like, I just described there's been manifestations of shadowy figures devoid of human features. So, so it could have been, like... A weird, shadowy, creepy blob. Yes. A creepy blob. A creepy blob. Yes. It caused everyone to panic, and they decided to call off the investigation early, and the team had never returned. A year before that, the EVP paranormal team of Indiana had spent a night investigating the home as well. During their ghost hunt, they collected recordings of ghostly voices telling them to get out, die, and pray for us. Ooh. I don't like that. Like, that makes me, like, feel really sad for the ghosts. Yes. Also, they're threatening you at the same time. Yeah. They want you to pray for them, but they also want you to die. Yes. So, on the same night, they made their way to the basement, and the investigators uh, snapped photos of a blackened beam from a fire. The lights in the building began to flicker before turning completely off. Ew. Leaving the ghost hunters trapped in the basement in pitch black darkness. Oh, no. You know 
I would be a wreck if that happened. Yeah. To us. So, like, do my flashlights turn out? Like, are we not down there with flashlights? Well, like, maybe they weren't down there with flashlights. Like, maybe they weren't turning off the lights yet or anything. So they yeah. were just kind of like getting a lay of like the house or something. Yeah. And so they didn't have flashlights and they weren't trying to be spooky yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were just trying to like figure some things out. So suddenly one of the investigators screamed, sending the team scrambling up the stairs. Oh. Once they had found themselves back into the light upstairs, they discovered three long scratches down the back of the newest investigator who described the feeling of a hand reaching to her from the darkness. No. Neighbors had also reported everything from fires to the smoky black figures in the windows, loud arguments, and lights coming from the home. Ooh, that's uncomfortable. So, like, are they, like, loud arguments, do you think that could be part of, like, the family that was, all their dirty laundry was getting aired to? It could be. Like, definitely. Like, I don't think, like, also, like, the family... The burger family, everyone's dying. Yeah. You know, like, there has to be something wrong. This is crazy. This but, is very interesting. Like, that's... And can you imagine seeing that shit from your windows? Yeah. Like, just looking across the street and seeing, like, lights flicker on and off at an abandoned house. And creepy blobs. And creepy blobs, yeah. So, psychics claim that the house is haunted as a result of the horrific child abuse, per everything going on. Which, so... Which is really weird, right? So, like, there must have been already, like, an energy to the home before the Myers moved into the home, right? It almost seems like because, there was. Yeah, because, like, when they moved in, they started affecting the Burger family living in there as well. Right. Like, it almost seems like there was some sort of energy pre-existing in the house. Yeah. So, like, you never know, like, a portal or something, you know, like... Something very dark and spooky, but I never really found anything on that. I'd like to believe that because that's the only reason it makes the most it's sense It's an interesting to me. theory. Or maybe yeah. someone messed around with something they shouldn't have, never said anything about it, and then it opened up something. Ancient Indian burial ground. Could have been an ancient Indian burial ground. It always is. It always is. Come on. We've all seen the poltergeist. So... The event of the child abuse has been imprinted on the property, pretty much. Okay. So investigations have uncovered EVPs of small children screaming and then disembodied voices interacting with investigators through baby monitors. Oh. There have been apparitions of two small children and small blackened apparition in the upstairs window. So I didn't see a ton of claims to this, but supposedly before... Before, like, I think it was before the house was built, the house had burned down and a child had died in it. So I think that might be the small blackened apparition in the upstairs That's window. Possible. That would be interesting to, like... But, like, I didn't have a ton of time to look into it more. So I just, I'm going to make up my own assumptions. As I mean, per usual of the Marble as Forest per usual, podcast. That's what we do. But I think that could be a, a very, like, interesting reason. Yeah. Along with physical attacks and severe poltergeist activity. Yeah. There is apparently a famous picture that I could not fucking find because I wasted time to try to find it of um, what is to believe to be the Myers' two younger children. So there is two child-sized apparitions looking out from one of the windows. Oh, God. Let's see. 
I'm gonna quick do a quick Google search. What did you search when you tried? Like Myers Monroe House Myers Children Ghosts. I don't know. I tried Googling it multiple ways, and I just kept getting articles of the bodies they found a couple of years ago. So, nope, I don't think I'm gonna find it either. Yeah, so maybe someone has it. Maybe if, if anyone... you can find it and like show us. If anyone does find it, we would be definitely interested in seeing. Yeah, send that. it to us via any of our social media, like tag us in it, and or you can like email it to us and we'll post it on our social media to show people. Oh, for sure, because we would like to uh, also let you guys see that too. Yes. And lastly, I have a story that was posted as a comment about the Monroe Street house from someone who had lived there. Oh, Okay. So pretty much it's just a very short comment. It's like, I spent six years of my childhood growing up in the house. I was always scared of the strange noises. They were not common, but when it happened, it sure got your attention fast. My mother would uh, comfort me about the sounds and the voices as a child, but she mentioned years later about a woman she had thought she had seen upstairs near my bedroom. I, for one, they ended up moving out of the house. She says, I, for one... Uh, never liked the old house and was happy we relocated to Muncie. So. Very interesting. Yeah. So there was always something going on. And it sounded like like the early 50s. So the 1950s was when this person had lived there. Okay. So, but there's not a lot, lot of history besides like after like the 1940s. For some reason. And there was like a... Well, there was a reason. I just don't remember it. Right. From my articles that I was reading. But, yeah. So that is the Monroe Street house. Very interesting. Or the Monroe house. Or the Demon House. In... It's a house of many names. Ford City, Indiana. And they hold investigations there. Oh, wow. So, like, maybe you can look it up and sign up for an investigation and go. Mm. And you won't see Zach Baggins because this isn't his house. It's not that demon house. Nope, not that demon house in Indiana. Apparently, there's a lot of demons in Indiana. Apparently. When we thought Ohio was bad. Well, my story's not that long. So I'm going to tell you about something a little weird today. Okay. Are you ready? I am I am ready. Okay, so this is um kind of an encounter that is kind of unexplained. Of the fourth kind? Possibly. Oh, okay. Might have something to do with this, actually. Okay. Really. Weirdly. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. So, this is called... This is the Hopkinsville Goblins in Kentucky. Hopkinsville Goblins. That's... That's... There's an S in there. Okay. So, on the evening of August 21st, 1955, five adults and seven children visited the Hopkinsville police station with a strange story. Yeah, so it scared them enough they went to the police station. Yes. So, and one site that I saw, too, I wanted to make note of this. Do you describe the goblins, and do you have pictures, artist, artist renderings? renderings? Yes, I do. Thank you. Um. So, so on one site that I saw, it mentioned that it was the, like, day of a solar eclipse. Don't know if that's true or not, because I only saw it on one place. Okay. Thought it might be interesting to note. Yeah. So the event took place at the Sutton family's farmhouse, and it was still located in Christian County, Kentucky, near the town of Hopkinsville. And while, so there were alleged UFO sightings and strange sounds in the area, but 
the Hopkinville's goblins appeared only at the Sutton farmhouse and only on that one night. Okay, so this is only a story from one night. Yes. One. One night. One gobbly dude. No, nope, it <laughs> fell flat. Let's go. Um, Let's can move on. So the Suttons were there and they had another family staying with them for an extended period of time. And they were settling in for the evening and going about like the regular household activities when one of the men said he saw something strange in the sky. So nothing really came of it. Like they they noticed like a flying saucer looking object. Okay. And they're like, hmm, weird. (laughs) And like didn't think really much of it, I guess. Okay. So, you know, some people just, it doesn't click to them. So the family's panic and started to rise as once, you know, they were in the house, they soon saw little creatures peering in the windows of the house. They were just uh, little men and they were trying to gain entry. Okay. So the witnesses said that the creatures were about three feet tall with pointed ears, metallic skin, and large offset eyes okay they had very skinny limbs particularly in the legs and they were monkey-like in appearance the beings also had webbed hands with talons i really need a picture i'll get you one okay i've got a few okay so the men went outside to investigate and also saw that one there was like one in the tree and one on the roof of the house and so they We're shooting at them. How big are they? Like three to four feet. Like not super tall. I'll show you. Little little munchkin. I'll show you. Little like Aquaman monkey munchkins. (laughs) I don't know. The web feet, they're just like Aquaman. Like. (laughs) No, I understand. Like they're, they're like, it makes them sound fish like. Yeah. So I'm going to show you just like, this isn't the artist rendering that I have for you later. Okay. But this is just like a quick... <laughs> this one's kind of cute, actually. Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> so they just kind of look like little goblins. Okay. Yeah, I get it. They look sort of like bats. Yeah. They're little funky they're looking. They're Aquaman bats. They're bats. Yeah. Yeah. With those huge ears they apparently have. Yeah. So the men went investigated and started to shoot at them because they were like terrified yeah so the creatures survived these gunshots at a very relatively close range um some sources said that the men claimed to hear the metal or metallic rattling noise whenever it hit one of the creatures oh like it had like a shield like an invisible metal shield shield. oh little goblins wearing little armor oh they'd be so cute So they went on to describe what became known to ufologists as the Kelly Hopkinsville's Ho- Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Um, it's also kind of close to a town named Kelly, I believe, is what it was. So that's okay. how it got the name. Um, so there were small alien creatures that come from a spaceship and were harassing the household, and the two families inside were holding them off with gunfire. Harassing. So they just sort of like hang out in the trees. And hang out on the roof. Well, here's what's happening with them. Okay. So, faces were appearing in the windows. No, get the fuck out of my windows. One grabbed a man's hair. And any number of the little beings had been floating around on or near the ground, flying from tree to rooftop. Oh, so they fly. 
they were flying for some they hover they were like it. maybe they had invisible hovercraft yeah like the jetsons um like and that. oh my god i love it <laughs> so and they were like flying around and evading capture so it sounds more playful than anything yeah like i don't know what their goal is here yeah so when the families were in the house, they were just kind of trying to get inside and they could hear like scratching and clawing on the roof. So John Sutton and Bill Ray Taylor uh, claimed that they uh, had fought off the little men with shotguns and pistols for seven hours or several hours from inside the house. So, like, this was an ordeal for them. Yeah, this was like a really fucking long time. Yeah, it went on like... According to them, it what went on for a long this? time. 1955. They had telephones in 1955. Call the fucking police. Well, finally, they couldn't take it anymore. Oh, okay. So they went they to the police. Tried, they just tried to handle it on their own, and then they're like, nah, man, we need reinforcements. Yeah. So the story of an actual firefight motivated the police to come and, like, investigate it. So four city police, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs from various jurisdictions, plus four military police from a nearby U.S. Army uh, Fort Campbell, all descended upon the property ready to do battle. But when they got there, there was nothing or no one, no, no creatures or anything to be found. Okay. No, like, blood trail. No, like shrapnel because they're made of metal apparently so this is this is what they did find okay so they found evidence that the men of the men struggle they saw uh broken windows from the men firing through them yeah there was a report that like a few of the officers may have heard strange noises associated with what the men had seen in the sky but like they heard it from the sky but like it's like varied on different websites okay and then a state trooper far from the situation reported the same noise around 11 p.m. Okay. Um, so they also found no tracks or markings outside the home, only the evidence of gunfire from, like, gunshots fired from the inside. Another officer reported seeing a meteor shower in the area, but no flying saucer. Oh, okay. He goes, I didn't see a flying saucer. It can't be real. But I saw a meteor shower. I saw stars falling from the sky, but no, stars landing. Definitely none of those were flying saucers. So the police left and... That is like the perfect cover if you're an alien, though. For real, right? Like, you're going to see that and you're like, oh, look at all those flying saucers. You'll just blend in, right? Yeah, you would just blend in. You fly in real quick and then you fly out real quick. Yeah, because, you know, meteor showers also go in reverse to help you fly out of situations very quickly. (laughs) Well, I just, okay, you're in a spacecraft, that's, Amber. That's fair. That's All right. Fair. So, like, think about just going in the same direction with the meteor shower as well. Maybe you can only use your cloaking device, like, once. So, like, you can fly in with the meteor shower, but you need to, like, turn your in- spacecraft invisible to, like, get away. Okay, if they're a spacecraft, they better have better than one-time-use <laughs> cloaking shields, okay? It's new technology. It's like a cartridge that you pop into the machine every single time, and you're, it run, burns out they after ran you out use of it. it. They only had one left. <laughs> oh. So, when the police left, there was nothing to be found, um... So they stayed in the home and later stated that the creatures came back and stayed there until roughly 5 a.m. 
Okay, they came back. Just chill. So they were just probably hiding in the trees. So it didn't say that they like shot at them again or anything. It just said that they had come back. Yeah. So the United States Air Force was asked to investigate, and they didn't find enough evidence to come to any sort of conclusion about them. So the case is actually still listed as unexplained. Oh, neat. So media quickly spread, and the strange news of the Hopkinsville Goblins, or Little Men, um, was published. This sketch by the Evansville press artist Larry Hill appeared in the newspaper along with the first reports of the supposed sightings. Are you ready for the sketch? Yes. Okay. It has very long arms. The lo- arms are long. It's like, okay, it's like if Hey Arnold had bat ears um, and super, like, long arms, like, goes from his shoulders to his feet. Like, the arms are really long. And they're kind of yeah. webbed, but they also still have claws. Yeah. It is Hey Arnold as a goblin. <laughs> and he definitely hey, goblin. has, like, the pointy ears. So here's another um, artist rendering for you. This one I'm going to have to turn my phone for because it is larger. Man, they still have those really long arms, huh? Yeah, everyone I'm really seeing has, like, really weirdly long arms. Do goblins have weird long arms? Are those its eyes on the side in, like, its ears? I think so. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yep. It just looks like a... Looks like Mothman and Aquaman had a baby. I could see that. Okay. I could see that. Mothman and an alien had a baby. Yeah. And, like, they also had an affair with Aquaman. Yeah. So, not everyone believes that the attackers were spacemen, obviously. Of course. So, here's a few um, explanations. Um, One suggests that the attackers were test flight monkeys used in a rocket experiment that crashed in the area. Okay, where's the proof of that? That's a really good question. Another explanation. Now, this one was just like, this wasn't a real explanation, but they were like, let's take this pop culture reference and use it to poke fun at our opponents. Oh, okay. So another explanation was found in the Senate Republican memo published by the Senate GOP Policy Committee that the visitors were simply Democrats who turned green with envy at the popularity of President Dwight Eisenhower. (laughs) Can I bang my head against the wall for a moment? Isn't that kind of cringy? Can this stop? Isn't that cringy? I saw that and I was like, I gotta leave it in. (laughs) Jesus. I hate politics so much. Like, I I don't want to get into it, but I just hate it. I do too. I do too. So, the incident is commonly explained as either us elaborate hoax or perhaps a more, so, more charitably. So, they think that the the group also could have been just shocked by the meteor shower and in a state of panic and that they were likely intoxicated and that they confused a pair of great horned owls, which are common to the area, as an extraterrestrial menace. Oh, you have a photo of a great horned owl for me? I'm going to Google one for you real quick. Okay. So, what... And you know, so we're too busy hanging out in the mountains of Kentucky, right? This we're is, in Kentucky. Yep. We're drinking. This is a great horned Why? owl. We're, it's just a normal owl. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's not anything different. I mean, it has long um, ears, sort of. Yeah, it's like the owl from the um, what's the the, the lollipop commercial? Oh, um, Tootsie Pops. Tootsie Pops. Yeah, I mean, I don't. 
So we're just too busy drinking our own personal moonshine in the woods of Kentucky. And, oh my God, there's stars falling from the sky. Oh my God, a shooting meteor shower. Why? What's that owl? An alien? (laughs) I feel like also, like, if you're shooting with shotguns, like, you're gonna hit the owl. (laughs) Right. Like, it's not gonna ding, right? Like, it's not gonna clink, like, metallic noise when you hit it. Yeah, and then you're gonna have a dead owl, (laughs) okay? (laughs) So, um, the great horned owl, they say that there's many similarities between the creature and the owl. So, they do stand about, like, the height that they said the creatures were. But despite the reports of 12 to 15 creatures that the families had, like... So they the family claimed that there was like 12 to 15 of them. And that's just like kind of weird for like 12 to 15 owls to be in the same area like that. Yeah. So, but um, the family stated that they did only see like one or two at the same time at any given time, but they could hear like them trying to get in and everything, right? So yeah. local and national news coverage of the goblins caused a wave of copycat sightings in the area. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's just people in costumes? So... A group of Evansville teenagers reported seeing 10 of the creatures in, a, in an athletic field of Lincoln High School. The creatures, they said, lobbed off into the darkness after they began throwing rocks at them. I'm going to cosplay this. Oh, you should. Yeah. You know, it's like a huge ass headdress. You know, I'm going to get into something popular culture late after this that you could cosplay that's like related to this. Okay. So, also, Darwin Johnson um, had previously reported being grabbed and pulled underwater by a lizard man while swimming in the Ohio River near Dogtown on August 14th. In that attack, the it, like, was resembled, like, the scene from The Creature of the Black L- Lagoon released earlier. That's where it makes sense to me! <laughs> okay. So after the reports of these like Hopkinsville goblins coming out, Johnson amended the story reporting that she and the other members of the group, this is really weird because it says him and it also says she. So I don't really know what the plural or like the pronoun is supposed to be. Yeah. But they in a number, the other member of the group had seen flying saucers shortly after swimming and although they had failed to mention it in their earlier news, and then they claimed that the attackers must have been the same creatures who terrorized them and the family or the family in Hopkinsville on their way to Kentucky. So they were just like, this is what happened to me. But hey, this news just came out and maybe it was this. Yeah. The creature from the Black Lagoon does not have giant ass ears. No. But it does have like all of the other features. <laughs> Like the weird gangly arms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So then one person, uh, Sherrod Rouser, owner of the Penny Can Market in Lincoln Avenue, known for its offbeat promotions, also changed his marketing marquee to read, Attention, all flying saucers, please land here. Huh, neat. Okay. Just trying to be fucking funny with my misfortune. So do you want pop culture first or do you want another potential sighting of the same creatures from someone different first? Or do you want me to end on that? We can end on that. End on that? Yeah. Okay. So, some pop culture references. Director Steven Spielberg cited this encounter as part of the inspiration for such films as E.T. 
and close encounters of the third kind. Oh, neat. The goblins also inspired the Pokemon Sableye. Oh. So that, there's your cosplay. Okay. So the Kelly community also now celebrates on the third weekend of every August with an event called the Kelly Little Green Man Men Days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Sounds fun. Yeah. And according to the book Comedy Horror Films, A Chronological History in 1914 to 2008, the 1986 movie's Critter was loosely based on that. Also, Pathfinder role-playing game, The Hopkins, or a type of gremlin from the, like, bestiary book, those are based on these goblins. And the Kelly Hopkins encounter was also the basis for an anonymous musical, It Came From Kentucky. (laughs) Oh, Okay. It came from Kentucky. So I also found something online that is a diary entry from a man regarding his sightings, and it was submitted by the man's grandson. Okay. So here is the diary entry. It's a little long, but it's not too bad. Okay. So on an, it starts like this. On another occasion at another plot of acreage on the same farm, I was riding one of the horses out in the pasture lands of sorts, The soil there wasn't very productive at the time, so even the grasses were dwarfed in size. I looked to my right, and there stood two of the darndest creatures I ever laid eyes on. I thought at the time that they were owls between four and five feet tall. They had owl-like noses, owl-like enormous eyes and sockets. I rode my horse towards them, but as they never moved from their position, I became frightened and turned my horse away. I got off the horse and faced them. They looked south towards me. I was looking north towards them. They took a step towards... I took a step towards them, and they took a step in my direction and stopped. I took two steps towards them, only to have them take two more steps towards me in my direction. I thought, if they are birds, then I can frighten them into flight by shouting and throwing my arms and hands about over my head in the air. Just flailing. Just flailing. Just flailing about. So when I did this, they looked at each other as if they were communicating some message to each other. I had the distinct feeling it was me who was the one being discussed. Yeah. They had a look of wonderment in their eyes, but didn't move or budge from the stop. Took one more step, an attempt to ease my troubled mind, and in unison, they both took a step towards me. By this time, I was more frightened than before. I could tell by their uh, determination that the distance between us was only going to get shorter. Yeah. So I took one giant step backwards to create some more distance between us and to prevent an experience of worst kind. This time they remained where they stood. I knew they weren't there for the dance. Oh, okay. I got back on my horse and rode circles around them. They kept a keen eye on my whereabouts as I rode circles and they would follow using the same roundup method. I got off the horse again, flailed my (laughs) hands and arms and even looked for a rock or two that I could throw, but found none. All the time, they just stood watching, fascinated at what I was doing. Finally, I decided that this time, or that this needs the attention of a gun. I rode to the house and grabbed the twenty-two along with some bullets and headed back to where I had left them. I figured I could shoot up the turf around them and see how good something that big was able to fly. When I returned, there was no trace of whatever's they were. Perhaps someday I will know, or perhaps maybe I never will. I went home that night and asked dad if he had ever seen two owls four or five feet tall. He looked at me like I had really flipped and told me no. I told him about what I had seen, 
that day on the portion of his farm and thought it was owls. He laughed, I suppose, thinking his younger son was some kind of crackpot. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever seen an owl that's like five feet tall? That like kind of wants to get closer to you, not Mm. fly away when you flail at it? Yeah. So I didn't know what I saw on either occasion. All I know is that I did witness an encounter in both creatures. I told another friend of mine about it many years later, and he said, Come on, Jack. You aren't for real. I'm only adding these incidents in here to hopes that sometime some of you might be able to sort out the mystery. I come to find out what it was that I witnessed. I can assure you, as sure as you're reading these entries, knowing that what I had shared is the truth and everything else concerning it. Okay. So that was an extra little blurb. Now, I don't know if that was like the same people who were no if if he was one of the same people from the actual initial instance or anything yeah but i did think that was a really interesting like little blurb about something that seems similar to those creatures they were also described as owls they were also described as the same yeah height. yeah that all makes sense you know like yeah it's just it's just weird to be like, yeah, I know. You've seen the like the four to five foot owl, right? Like You've seen those two four to so, five foot owls that hang out together, right? So like if a normal owl's like wing- wingspan is like six fucking feet wide, what is a four to five foot tall owl's wingspan? That's a good question. How big is a great horned owl? I would assume like two feet, maybe three. A great horned owl. I think they're pretty big. In length, it's about 18 to 25 inches. So, so that's two like feet. about two feet tall. Yeah. And what's the wingspan of it? Wingspan is about 30 to 60. Okay. So, so approximately, it says approximately 4.6 feet. Yeah, 4.6 feet. Man. So, like, pretty much just double the size. So, like, it has an eight foot, like, Okay, so let's go, let's make it big. So Okay, let's so say it's, it's four th- foot tall. No, let's say it's the five foot tall. Five foot tall. Right? That means each wing is five feet, right? Right. <laughs> there is a ten foot fucking wingspan. That's a huge fucking creature. That's bigger than this room. Yeah. That we're in. Like, because I'm pretty sure it's only nine feet from that wall to that wall. Right. So, <laughs> like... So... Uh, an owl that's shorter than me, but just like, <laughs> but when it puts its wings out, it's taller than you. If I you know. were to turn it on its side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess so. So yeah, that's what I have for you on the Hopkinsville goblins. They're cute. Yeah, they are like creature from the Black Lagoon or like the Scooby Doo, like Black Lagoon um, monster. That's fair. And you've seen the Pokemon Sableye, right? Um. Yes. Yeah, like, he's definitely looks like them. They're kind of cute. I thought it was a different story, kind of interesting. I believe Devin had told me, like, mentioned it to me a while ago, and I think I was like, oh, I think I've heard of that, but I was like, I'll save that for another day. Yeah, so it's definitely more like the like the Scooby-Doo Black Lagoon one. Let me see it. Because it has, like, little fins on the side of its... Okay. Which maybe could be interpreted as the ears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. I know that guy. Yeah. 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 So, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. I told you mine was like 
a little more weird than anything else. Yeah. But you like to keep it weird. I do. I like a good weird story. Yeah. It's okay. So that's that's what we got. That's what we got. Let's wrap it up. Alrighty. That's your job to start. Yep. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Please actually rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you can. It would help us so, so much. We just try to, we want to get out there. Yeah. And be heard by more people and just see where we can go with this. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, we have a consistent listening a group of people right now, which... I love consistency. I am so happy about it. Honestly, it makes me so happy. (laughs) But we want to grow more. And like we said at the beginning of this episode, we've actually been doing this for a year. Like, even though our episodes haven't been consistent for an entire year, um, we have been working on this podcast for an entire year. We are trying to get more consistent and we're going to try to start doing more things like to kind of get ourselves out there, try to be a little better on social media. We both work can, a lot. Can and someone that's hard. do our social media for free? <laughs> we suck at social media. And I've always known this about myself. Like, I have almost every type of social media account. I never post on any of Neither them. Neither do I. I just read. So. Yep. yep, same. Um, but yeah, you can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And speaking of our social media. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the social media, here's Amber to tell you what they are. So you can find us on Twitter at the MFCast, on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, and at our email you where you can send us your stories because we did one listener episode before that hopefully you've listened to and loved, like we've loved, and we want to get another one. So send us your stories to marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. Anything weird, creepy, spooky. Yeah. Like, and like, unfortunately, we do have people who emailed in, but we don't have enough stories to make an episode. We have a couple stories in our email, but we need a couple more to make like a full episode. Yeah. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Marble Forest Podcast. We also like to give a special thanks to Jenna, who did our instagram what what our uh, logo and she did not do our instagram we do our instagram i feel like she our did instagram do... would be better if she did it she did technically make our instagram logo though yes, because it's our podcast it's, logo. it's our podcast logo so yes so she made our po- our logo and you can find her on instagram and etsy at agenda that is a gen and Special thanks to Cameron, who did our music. Special thanks to Devin, who's not here. Special thanks to me, because I'm awesome. And me, because I'm awesome. No. Oh. No, just me. Oh. Well, see if this podcast episode gets named. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So, but thank you for listening. And please uh, rate our podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And we love you. Send in your stories. We hear... People say that they have stories for us, but they just haven't got around to it yet. So, like, maybe put put your fingers to that keyboard and if you've start got typing. an extra ten minutes to sit down and type up your story, we'd love to start a new listener episode sometime soon. Yes, and we'd really appreciate it. And you guys are awesome. And thank you. And don't tempt fate by eating livestock, friends. Ooh. <laughs> By eating your livestock. We're, this is the vegan episode. <laughs> Goodbye.